0: Hey friends, welcome to Garden Church Podcast. This is a series called Jesus People. We are looking at who Jesus is and how we become more like him. Jesus People are God's strategy for transforming the world. We hope you enjoy this podcast. For more information, go to garden.church. So good to be with you again this morning and to consider kind of the second half of where we were last week. Last week we were talking about the spiritual practice, the spiritual discipline of work. And today I wanna talk about the spiritual practice, the spiritual discipline of rest, of rest. Um, We're not actually very good at resting. Uh, When I assign it in my Spiritual Disciplines class at um, Vanguard, I inevitably have pushback for 14 or 15 weeks. This is so hard. I've got so much to do. I've got things piling up. Um, And that's probably true. Um, The challenge is we're good at recreation, but we're not good at recreation. We don't know how to stop and to receive without having earned it, without merit. And until we get good at that, we will not ever be good at resting. Even while resting, we will be trying to help Jesus who doesn't actually need our help. Um, And so I wanna, kind of lean into that a little bit. But uh, as we were worshiping, uh, I just had a sense um, that there are some of us gathered here this morning and maybe only one for whom this weekend has been really, really challenging, uh, for whom family is not shaping up the way you had hoped or thought it might. Um, It has not delivered on the promise. um, And uh, you've had to put up some pretty rigid boundaries and are feeling guilty about that. And I wanna pray for you, if that makes sense. Um, Does that make sense to anybody? All right, let's pray. Jesus, I don't know who that is. Uh, Maybe it's just one person, but they need to be seen this morning. And they need to know that you're seeing them. Uh, Jesus, you were really good at boundaries with your family. You made it very clear on one particular occasion that simply having given birth to you did not place your mother in a category of specialness other than those who obeyed and followed the will of your father. And that was heartbreaking, I'm sure, for her, but um, maybe necessary to realign her own soul's journey uh, in following you. And I don't know if what's going on in the systems, obviously, that are represented here, but I do have a sense that for some this past week has been really, really hard. And heading into Christmas, it doesn't look like it's going to get much better. So I pray that you would wrap your arms around, that you would comfort, that you would be family where the promise of family has failed. Um, And the truth, of course, is, Lord, every single family unit needs to fail everyone, we need to be detached from primary definition of selves from our families of origin, from our, our, our spouses, our kids, our parents, and find our primary alignment in you, which then reframes all of those relationships in brand new ways. And so, Lord, we lean into you and pray uh, that you would make it so uh, as, we, as we trust you in this. Uh, guide us in our conversation today, Lord, um, We know how to talk about rest more than we know how to actually do it. And so I pray that you would help us to learn it from you because you were really good at it. And I pray that you would uh, teach us what you know uh, and then help us to put it into practice. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, Today, um, as maybe you picked up in the theme of the worship is Christ the King Sunday. It's the last Sunday uh, in ordinary time uh, in the church calendar before Advent begins next week. Advent, remember, is that four-week rhythm of preparation uh, as we prepare for Christmas, for Epiphany, for that whole season. And the last Sunday in the longest period of time Uh, in the church calendar. Ordinary time stretches this one from Pentecost Sunday all the way through till today. And today is, like I said, Christ the King Sunday. It's the Sunday in which we remind ourselves where all of this is heading. That is the exaltation and the celebration of Jesus as Lord. So we, we declare it, all hail King Jesus, all hail Emmanuel. That the story that begins again next week with four weeks of preparation ends on a day like this, a year or so from now, where we celebrate the victory of Jesus. That it is not something uh, that we we even just f- look forward to with longing. Uh, we might look forward to it with longing for its complete fulfillment, but we participate in it here and now, the vision that John had of the heavenly throne in Revelation is not future. It's happening right now, and we join in worship in celebration of that um, uh, moment of victory uh, in, in Jesus and celebrate his Lordship, and particularly, we shall celebrate the way in which he became Lord. He didn't become Lord by being stronger than everyone else, although he was. He became Lord by becoming weaker than everyone else. He was the lamb before he was the lion. And even when in Revelation that vision of the lion of Judah is revealed, it is the lamb that emerges slain before the foundations of the earth. And that's gonna be critical for our conversation because we want the benefits of his being our servant, rest in Jesus, but we want to not work that out in the same way in our own lives. We want him to be Lord if that means he serves, but we're not sure we want to serve. And as a result of that, we will never enter fully into his rest. And that's the discipline we're going to be inviting. Uh, I'm going to be inviting you into today, um, as we as we as we think through this. Um, and and why is it again a discipline? Because as I said, we're not good. We don't rest naturally, given the brokenness of our systems. We have trained ourselves in freneticism. We have chained ourselves in value by production. We have trained ourselves in hyperactivity. In fact, sometimes even in our praying, we are busy. We worry in God's presence and call that prayer. We, 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 we want Jesus to help us with our crazy and get angry at him when he doesn't, right? And he watches us like a three-year-old in Walmart throw ourselves on the floor and squirm around in there and just says, you know, let me know when you're done. Um, so, so why does he do that? And he knows that the only way to, to achieve the rest that we are actually built for, to enter into the shalom, the wholeness, the peace that we now celebrate over these next several weeks is through surrender, through relinquishment, through taking our clenched, controlling hands and opening them up. I mean, just do that as a discipline once or twice a day and remind yourself as a spiritual practice that no matter how tightly you hold your life, it's like sand that drips out the bottom. And the tighter you squeeze, the less you have. Whereas when you open your hands, look at how much capacity is all of a sudden, instantly introduced into your life. How much capacity for life and love and hope is introduced. So we begin with rest in Genesis chapter 2, where everything begins, except for chapter 1. Um, and this passage is the bridge between the two different stories of creation. You've noticed in your reading of Genesis that there are two stories of creation. One Genesis chapter 1, Genesis chapter 2, uh, and they, they, they work best if you let them each sing their own song rather than trying to smush them together, smush is a technical <laughs> theological term, um, in which the distinctions of each story get blurred. So this is the second story of creation where it says, thus the heavens and the earth, verse one, were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing, and so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. Now this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens... No shrub had yet appeared on the earth. No plant had sprung up, for the Lord had not sent rain on the earth. There was no one to work the ground. Streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being, a living being. Back to verse one. This is the bridge between the first and the second stories. This is the the link between them uh, in terms of the literary genius that is this story. And you'll notice that it lands the plane in the first chapter one, we have six days of creation that end, and six, you know, is a number of incompletion. So we need that seventh day and it's fascinating, the seventh day is not a day to wrap things up, the seventh day is a day to celebrate things having been wrapped up. It's not a, a day to, 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 to you know kind of do all of the things before the inspector finally comes. It's the day in which we relax into the, into the new space. And that's what Sabbath is intended to be. So notice in chapter one, Sabbath, rest, is the statement of of completion. It's the destination of that first story of creation. It is the celebration of what God has done and enabled. So at the end of each of those creative days, remember, he said of the creation that day, this is good, or this is very good. We've talked about this so many times. I'm sorry for continue to repeat this but i need to get this drilled into our souls that goodness here is not a moral category it's a category of function so at the end of each creative day god says this works this is beautiful this is elegant the form and the function for which that form was designed perfectly united those of you who are creatives know what that feels like when that when that dovetail just slips right into place, and you know that the drawer you have just machined on, in your woodworking shop will last a hundred years with or without glue, that's the story of that creative moment when when the pattern perfectly aligns, and and God then trusts His creation, He releases it to go off and 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 reproduce after its kind, and and to become co-creator with him. So non-anxious is he about the creation that he has just spoken into being that he completely and utterly trusts it in his rest. What's it feel like to be trusted by God? That's the goal. That's the goal. So trust is a cathedral in time, Sabbath is a cathedral in time. It's a statement of God's non-anxiety about creation. I need you to sit with that. It is a statement that God is not anxious about creation. So as he enters into that rest, he's not entering into it exhausted after a weary week. He is interested, he's entering into it as a statement of completion. So notice that rest is then first, in this first chapter, is destination. It's set apart. It's a statement of, of trust in the creation and, and a realization of its completeness. It has everything it needs to fully flourish. But then the corner turns. And you'll notice that the construction says, now this... Is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. This one, so here we n- number two, S- and 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 he makes it very clear. This is a different story. There's there's no shrubs yet. There's no plants yet. There's nobody here to take care of it. That the 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 water seeps up and and waters the and 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 and, and out of that ground, out of that dirt, God. God Chapter 1, he is the he is the prophetic voice that speaks things into being. Chapter 2, he's the craftsman that gets the soil and 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 shapes and forms it. You see the two images here, right? And breathes into it the breath of life. We've talked about this a number of times, but please notice that rest now, not destination, but foundation. Rest is the is the is the material out of which this particular creation is made you are made out of the rest out of the wholeness out of the shalom of God you are built for that rest that's that's your home and native land if you'll pardon me for quoting another national anthem it, it, it is, it is this, this place where you are, where, where, where and, and notice that, 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 that this, this anchor to the dirt that we've talked about this and the pull of eternity puts us into this liminal space and that liminal space, that thin space, that in-between space that we are intended to live in with awareness. This is why Paul says, learn how to tell time. Pay attention, you need to be being filled with the Spirit so that you can make the most of every opportunity, that thin space, that liminal space that you're built to live within arises out of rest. So notice, rest is the, the seedbed of creativity that is shaped then by the, by the limitations of the materials. Those of you who are creatives, again, know what it's like to have those both that limitation and to be staring at it and to realize, oh wait, I need to just rest this into being. One of our sons, our oldest son, is a is a is a puzzler, and uh, that is to say, we for years Jude and I tried to buy him a puzzle at Christmas that he couldn't solve quickly and one time we were at disney world and and bought this box you know the you know the one uh, i think it was the japanese pavilion at epcot or something like that but it took 56 or some different moves in sequence to get this thing opened and we th- looked at ourselves self congratulatory we bought it we bought it in june for christmas i mean we were so excited that that here was a puzzle. This boy was not going to be able to open because he's the Rubik's cube kind of a guy and thinks in multiple. It just makes me crazy. And 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 so we give. And ten minutes later, he had this box open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, in no way is exactly the right response. And so he's no longer our son. We've disowned him. <laughs> he doesn't fit into the system anymore. Uh, but no, I, uh, we had one of those, one of those ones where, 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 you know, the metal pieces that are impossible to separate. And in seconds, he has it apart. And he's, Jan, how do you do that? And he says, Dad, sometimes you just have to relax it apart. Oh. Because <laughs> what am I doing? I'm trying to force the pieces apart, and of course, it's built to resist that. You have to relax it into being. You have been relaxed into being. The foundation of your being, now notice, your being is rest. And notice what happens when we get the being and doing part flipped, instead of relaxed we're stressed, we're tightly in control or think we are, our anxiety levels go through the roof, right? And we need to be made to lie down. So what does he do? In both of the tables of the 10 words, the 10 commandments, he requires us to rest as part of the rules of the game of life. This is how you know those ten rules, again, we've talked about this are the are the ways that life works. this is these are the rules of the game, and this is why the people of Israel were so excited. We have been given the, the rules of the game. It's not like this endless game of what is that game Mao or something like that where if anybody played that game where you don't know the rules and you and and they make you play and whenever you screw up, ah, you can't do that. why not because. And because and, the rule is I can't tell you why you can't do that. You just can't do that. You can't play that card at that time. Okay, and the people of Israel living in a universe of this game where the rules apparently are available to other people but not us, rejoice that they have been given Torah, the way of the Lord. And uh, of the 10 words, we've talked again about this before, eight are negations. Don't do this. Here's the boundary. No other, no other gods, No, don't, don't, use, don't carry the name meaninglessly, right? And then don't kill each other, don't commit adultery, don't steal from one another, don't, don't lie to one another because you don't want the community that those things produce, right? But then there are two in the middle that are bridging between the first three, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the last five, love your neighbor and the bridge is the loving of self. Sabbath, and respect old people. <laughs> I like that one. Because the last one I'm not gonna talk about, but if you, if you forget your past, you have no future. It, it's, n- it's not traditionalism, tradition becomes foundation. Do you see? So, so here, number four though, is Sabbath, so Exodus 20, remember the Sabbath day, verse eight, by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. Seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son nor your daughter, your male or female servant, your animals, any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and all that is in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy." So you'll notice here, I've said the 10 words because in the original issuing of these 10 statements there's only one word for each of the 10. In Hebrew you have this construction, so it's a negation of an activity. Don't murder, one word in Hebrew. Don't commit adultery, one word in Hebrew. No other gods, one word in Hebrew, right? And s- similar, Sabbath, one word. But by the time we get this recorded in Exodus, it has a whole paragraph of rationale, justification, and explanation. Why do you think that was? Which, as you look into our legal codes now, what laws require the most explanation? The ones with which we struggle the most. The ones that we have figured our end ways around. The ones that we have weaseled our way into disobedience thinking we're still obeying the letter. And so we need to block off all of the box canyons that we've gotten ourselves in with new, new codes. And finally, um, we, just, we bought a house earlier this year. You can't buy a house without signing a pile of pieces of paper Whole forests have been decimated (laughs) with these forms, right? I love DocuSign, bring it on, right? Every one of those pieces of paper is a lie that somebody told. That now the escrow company, the insurance company, the title company, all of those folks have to, you can't lie this way. You can't lie this way. You can't lie this way. We caught you last time, we're not going to let you do it this time. Okay, so sign here. Right? So every developmental piece on Sabbath is a statement. They had as much trouble with Sabbathing as we do. In fact, there's a skull and crossbones over the violation of Sabbath. So serious is this. That is to say, your life depends on this, guys. This isn't a suggestion if you want to become the kinds of people you say you want to become. And you'll notice the rationale for Sabbath here in Exodus is the fact that you were created. The Lord blessed, rested at the end of that creative process. You didn't get here by yourself. Look at it in in, uh, Deuteronomy 5. This is the second recitation of those those 10 words. Uh, Remember that you were slaves in Egypt. Different rationale and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Notice the shift in rationale here. Exodus, the rationale for Sabbath is you're created. In Deuteronomy, the rationale for Sabbath is you're redeemed. Neither one of which you could do on your own neither one of which was in your tightly controlled fists. The only thing you can do with creation and redemption is receive it. And you get one day in seven to revel in the goodness and grace and glory and gift and generosity of a God who wants to remind us day in and day out, linking it the telephone poles, if you will, with the wires of the week stretched between it, but every week, remember, you are created, you are redeemed, you have been spoken into being, your life arises from rest and is heading towards rest. So here, and you think, why did we need to be told this? Because we've forgotten to be human beings first. When you're tightly in control, you want to make sure you dot every I, you cross every T, you get all of your ducks in a row, and you discover at the end of the day it's more effort to do that, and you don't end up rested, and you become a carrier of unrest. You know what this is like. Maybe some of you had a f- folks like this at Thanksgiving. Aunt so-and-so walks in the room and the temperature went up by 75, 80 degrees. Everybody started to vibrate just a little bit, you know. Uh, we're not built to live with that high anxiety. So the rationale, again, you're delivered, You're redeemed, you're set free, you're created. All of these unmerited gifts, unmerited favors, unearned. Grace is not a New Testament uh, invention. Grace has been flowing through the universe from the very beginning. This undeserved gift of God flowing through the universe from the very beginning and once again we prove ourselves, we do not like to be loved for no good reason. because that puts whoever loves us in control. That's terrifying, that's terrifying. What if he changes his mind? Well, then get a new God. I'm serious, because if your God can change his mind about you, based on your treatment and behavior towards him, you need a new one, because you don't have the God of the Old Testament or the New Testament. He has made up his mind. There's nothing you can do about it. You can accept it and receive it and live in the glory of it, the grace of it, the goodness of it, or you can say, no, thanks, I'll take it from here. Let me know how that works out for you. And by the way, when I say let me know, I'm still struggling with this. I'm a firstborn son of a firstborn son of a firstborn son. I've got perfectionistic genes And you just discover sooner or later, don't you? You can't perform your way into love. You can live out of it, but you can't live towards it. And God wants us to live loved. So he's given us the gift of this weekly reminder of who we are. We're the creation of a loving God. We're the redemption of a loving God. When, when he looks at you, he smiles. But he doesn't know what I've done. You know, yeah, actually he does. And when he looks at you, he still smiles. He looks at you with arms wide open and invites you to come home and sit at table. There's a, a place card with your name on it and it's right next to me. He invites us into this wonder and it's so hard for us It's so hard for us. We want to earn it. We want to deserve it. And Jesus says, chapter 11, Matthew, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You uh, hid these things from the wise and the intelligent, the learned. You revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. All things have been committed to me, Jesus said, by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Father chooses to reveal him. So, come to me, all of you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then, take my yoke on you. Learn from me, for I am gentle." And humble of heart. And you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. I wish I had time just to take you on a retreat for three or four days and sit with this. Because the wise and the intelligent says, I gotta earn this, I gotta prove it. When I slip up, I've got to get myself back together again so that I can earn it again. I've got to be, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, I've got to. And Jesus says, you've hidden it from those folks. You've hidden it from them. They're never going to figure this out. And this this is a heartbreak. Because way back from the beginning, he told us the rules of the game. But we have outsmarted the giver of the rules of the game, we think. Anybody outsmart yourself regularly? Oh man. You've hidden it from those. Instead, you've revealed it to the kiddos. They get it. They get it. All my, all my little granddaughter, my, my 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 smallest granddaughter has to do is look at me and lift up her hands. And she knows what's gonna happen. Unless I'm eating. You revealed it to the kiddos, they get it. They look at you and they hold their hands up and Father God swoops them up in his arms. You've revealed it to them, they get it. Um, this is what you were pleased to do because it doesn't depend on them, it depends on him. Right? And then he says, all things have been committed to me. So notice what he's, what he's inviting us into. All things have been committed to me By my Father, no one knows the Son except the Father. No one knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Do you see what he's saying? The thing you want most in life is unearnable because it's a relationship. You can't earn that. You either have it or you don't. And from God's perspective, he wants it with you and he wants to know if you want it with him enough to lay down your pretentiousness, to lay down your earning of it, to lay down your deserving of it, your need for it, and are able and willing to enter into the gift of himself that he's already given you. The kind of rest that Jesus is going to talk about here in a minute is only always and ever found in relationship with the Father through Christ. Only. This is why the writer of Hebrews talks about this. We enter into the rest that is Jesus. We enter into the rest that is relationship with Jesus. It's not a byproduct of our relationship with Jesus. It is our relationship with Jesus. It's not icing on the cake. It's not a, a, a bonus added. It is a way of being that we are invited into. So he says, hey guys, if you are weary and heavy laden, come to me, we'll start over. Notice what he does? He hits the do-over button. That big red do-over button at the center of the universe, do you know the one? He hits the do-over button and we go right back to Sabbath rest, Genesis chapter two, verse four. It now becomes the foundation of a new way of being which we have to relearn from him. So he takes us right back to Genesis. He invites us into the rest that is found relationally only in him, right? And then he says, now take my yoke on. By the way, do you notice, if you're not weary and heavy laden, if you've figured out how to game the system, if you've got it all dialed in, you're probably not going to like Jesus very much. And certainly are not going to like his way of rest, because you'll notice what he says, take my yoke, take my way of life, take my way of being because I'm gentle and humble. No, 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 Jesus, I've got this dialed in by power. I've got this dialed in by greater strength. I've got this dialed in by more of this and that and the other. I've got my network work, and Jesus says, knock yourself out because that's what you're going to do. Only when you release your arrogant Conceit and come to me and give up the illusion that you're all that in a bag of chips, yes. will you be able to receive the rest I have for you? This is so hard for us, isn't it? And it sounds so good, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. Does that mean I have to? Yes, it does. You, you fill in the, your own blanks. i got my whole list of stuff. So if you're weary and heavy laden, if you f- f- keep banging your head on reality and wondering why reality doesn't quit, come to me. We'll start over again. Then, take my yoke, take my teaching, take my way of living on you. This is not just writing stuff down when Jesus talks. I think Dallas Willard said, we believe in Jesus more than we believe Jesus. We don't take him seriously when he says what he says. We believe things about him so that we get out of the jail free card. But he wants us to actually believe him, to do what he tells us to do. So come to me. You got to learn your life all over again. It's going to hurt for a while because I'm not taking your yoke on me. I want you to take my yoke on you. I'm not going to empower your crazy. I'm not going to bless your mess. Isn't that annoying? Because that's my solution, right? It's like all I just need is a little bit of Jesus juice here and we'll be all right. We'll be able to kind of push through. Eh, No, actually, no. You gotta take my way of life on you. See what we, why we talk about rest as a discipline. Jesus knew how to do nothing well. Jesus knew how to do nothing well. To sit and wait, to be present, until the slow, steady drip of the love of God had filled him so full that he could forgive without thinking about it. So come to me, relearn your life, learn out of gentleness, strength under control, learn out of humility, an accurate self-concept grounded in the dirt, receiving the gift of yourself as from the Father, and then thinking of yourself less. Not thinking less of yourself, thinking of yourself less often. And when we enter in, do you catch that? And you will find rest for your souls. Why? Because my yoke is easy. It's what you were built for. It's like putting on a comfortable pair of shoes, work boots that you've worn in. It's like picking up a a tool, a piece of equipment that you've used so often. It's worn to your hand. That's what your life is supposed to be like because you step in. It's not that we don't work. It's that we work out of rest and work in rest because the yoke is what we're built for. It's like uh, those of you who are, are backpackers uh, know what it's like to have, have, buy a new pack and it just takes a while to get it to adjust to you. But once you've got it there, you can carry that thing and carry the weight that it's intended to carry. Yes, my yoke is easy. My burden compared to all of the other crap you've been carrying around is light. It's what you're built for. It's what you're built for. Amen? So let's pray. Thanks for joining us. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information, go to Garden Church. God bless you.